Exodus 31. Well, we're three quarters through the book of Exodus now. We've got 10 more chapters to go, and then we're going to get into the most scintillating book in the Bible, Leviticus. But we find that some of the themes of Leviticus we're already covering now in Exodus. You know, consecration, priests, sacrifices, worship, incense. It's quite interesting. And we're going to talk today about the men, the skilled men who built the articles of the, of the tabernacle. Yahweh spoke to Moses, saying, Behold, I have called by name Bezalel, the son of Uri, the son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah. I have filled him with the Spirit of God in wisdom and in understanding and in knowledge and in all kinds of workmanship, to devise skillful works to work in gold and in silver and in bronze, and in cutting of stones for setting, and in carving of wood, to work in all kinds of workmanship. Behold, I myself have appointed with him Aholiab, the son of Ahisamach of the tribe of Dan, and in the heart of all who are wise-hearted, I have put wisdom, that they may make all that I have commanded you, the tent of meeting, the ark of the covenant, the mercy seat that is on it, and all the furniture of the tent, the table and its vessels, the pure lampstand with all its vessels, the altar of incense, the altar of burnt offering with its vessels, the basin and its base, the finely worked garments, the holy garments for Aaron the priests, the garments of his sons to minister in the priest's office, the anointing oil and the incense of sweet spices for the holy place, according to all that I have commanded you that they do. Yahweh spoke to Moses, saying, Speak also to the children of Israel, saying, Most certainly you shall keep my Sabbaths, for it is a sign between me and you throughout your generations, that you may know that I am Yahweh who sanctifies you. You shall keep the Sabbath therefore, for it is holy to you. Everyone who profanes it shall surely be put to death. For whoever does any work therein, that soul shall be cut off from among his people. Six days shall work be done, but on the seventh day is holy to Yahweh. Whoever does any work on the Sabbath shall surely be put to death. Therefore the children of Israel shall keep the Sabbath to observe the Sabbath throughout their generations for a perpetual covenant. It is a sign between me and the children of Israel forever, for in the six days Yahweh made heaven and earth, and on the seventh day he rested and was refreshed. When he finished speaking with him on Mount Sinai, he gave Moses the two tablets of the covenant stone tablets, written with God's finger. So all these chapters that we've been covering, these are all things that God was saying to Moses when he was up on the Mount, Mount Sinai, for the 40 days. You remember they had that feast? This is Exodus 24. They made the covenant. And then Moses went up onto the mountain and all the people went back. So there's been a period of 40 days where Moses hasn't been around. And we're going to see in the next chapter what everyone got up to while he was gone. But Moses, all the things we've been covering, these are all the things that Moses has been getting told by God, how to, the tabernacle, the priests, how to consecrate the priests, the incense, all these different things, how to build it. And finally, he's saying... Pick these two fellows, Bezalel and Aholiab. I put the Holy Spirit upon them, and they're going to build all the you know, elaborate furniture and, and the things that are needed. So this is really, really interesting, because these two men are given the Holy Spirit for the purpose of physical work. We often think of the Holy Spirit being given for spiritual work, like um, 
I mean, in truthfully, there's really no difference between the two. It's just that we think of it in terms of, you know, spiritual gifts or things like that. But here, the Holy Spirit was helping people with their practical day-to-day work. And there's actually examples of this elsewhere in the Bible. Like, for example, Joseph, he, uh, when he worked uh, for Pharaoh and worked for Potiphar, they acknowledged that God was with him. And so that's the Holy Spirit was with, Daniel, with Joseph helping him. And, of course, Daniel was the same. They said about Daniel that the spirit of the gods was with him. Well, that's the Holy Spirit. And so these two men, Daniel and Joseph, they were successful in all the things they did, even though a lot of it was just practical. It was administration. It, was, it wasn't what we would always think of as spiritual, but the Holy Spirit helped, and so they were successful in what they did. And now here we've got these two men, Bezalel and Aholiab, who are going to build the furniture for the tabernacle, the Holy Spirit has been given to them to help them so that they'll be successful. Now, I'd like to say that it seems pretty clear to me that these two men, now remember, they've only been out of Egypt for uh, maybe about uh, a month and a half by this point. So these are men that were, tr- that were previously slaves in Egypt, and they would have been, I'm assuming, they were trained to work with metals. So not, not all the slaves, you, you, you know, we read about the slaves in Egypt that they worked making bricks, but they didn't all make bricks. We know from history that some of the slaves worked in the mines. There were silver mines, there were turquoise mines. We know that slaves um, did other types of work. And you, when you see, um, like say for example, the tomb of King Tutankhamun, when it was excavated and they got all the temple, the treasures out of that king, there was elaborate work there, like there was that figurehead of his death mask was gold, but it had stones like turquoise set into it, bright colours. Well, that was most likely done by people like Bezalel and Aholia, highly trained artisans who were quite possibly slaves. And so there were highly trained slaves. There were always educated slaves as well as uneducated slaves. And so what we're talking about here, we're not talking about men who had no skills and ability, and all of a sudden, poof, they could just do anything. No, what we're talking about is men who were already trained, and they were tradesmen, they were artisans, but the Holy Spirit was going to come upon them to help them do what they were already doing. And we tend to think that, you know, if you have a talent or an ability, let's say that you can uh, play the piano like Mozart, you think that Mozart's a great piano player, and you think that that's his ability, Um, But no, from God's perspective, God has given that ability. And that's the way way of it. None of us can do anything on our own. And as we go through life, we learn skills and abilities. But God's perspective is that he's given you those skills and abilities. So here we've got these men. They've been given by God the ability to work with precious metals and stones. And they're going to build the furniture. But as well as that, they've been given the Holy Spirit who will be with them as they do the work. So, and as a pastor, you know, I study to learn things, but then the Holy Spirit is given to me as well. And hopefully through, you know, I'm able to lean on the Holy Spirit to guide my thoughts and and to guide me in the process of doing my work. And every believer, regardless of your work, should do the same. So if your work is working with stone, Say you're a jeweler, or you, you know lapidary working with gemstones, or if you're you know uh, you work with making watches, or if you build coffins, or 
or if you work in an office, you're a typist, uh, you know, you're a, a clerk, or you know, you sell things in the shop, or even if you make burgers at McDonald's. These are things you've been taught to do, and from God's perspective, He's given you that ability, but now the Holy Spirit is going to come and help you doing the things that you do. And you should believe that like Joseph and Daniel, the Spirit will be with you in your work so that you will be a blessing in what you do. So I think the lesson we learn here is that these men didn't just get their abilities out of thin air, but the Lord gave it to them and the Lord was giving them the Spirit to help them. And that's what we should believe as well for our lives. And... um, couple more things. Um, just making sure I've got my notes covered here. Yeah. In the middle of that chapter, there was a big, a big talk about the Sabbath day and it being holy. And I'm just, we've, I've covered this in other videos, so I'm going to very quickly say that when something is said in the Bible to be holy, it means that it belongs to God. So this is a whole day that belongs to God. And it says that this was going to be a perpetual thing. Some people think that because it was the Sabbath that was talked about, it strictly has to be the Saturday only. It has to be the last day of the week. And now because we worship on a Sunday, that we've broken God's law. But the truth of it is that we have a day that is set apart for the Lord as holy. And it's even called the Lord's Day. You can't get anything more possessive than calling something the Lord's. So the day is the Lord's. It's the Lord's day. And we do continue to keep this day. So it has perpetually continued. The Sabbath is for us a Sunday. It's the day of rest. It's the day that belongs to God. And we continue to do it. And as long as the earth exists, this will continue to be done. Because um, the, uh, it, it's actually Christ. The Sabbath is actually Christ. The Sabbath, you know, it's we don't truly rest unless we're in him. And so uh, we find our rest in Christ. You can't be saved unless you're in Christ. If you're trying to work to earn your salvation, you will fail. But when you come to Christ in faith, you find your rest in him. So once again, it's a picture of Christ. But um, we've got uh, many dear brothers and sisters who are Christian who do worship on a Saturday because they think that that's the true Sabbath. And I'm okay with them, with people worshipping on any given day. Paul said in the New Testament, he said, some people consider one day holy, other people consider every day holy. Well, in my opinion, every day is holy. And which, which day you choose, if you, ha- if you thought that one day was more holy than others, and you thought it was Saturday, well, that's okay too. But if you thought it was Sunday, that's okay too. Um, because in the end, Christ is our Sabbath. And um, so we really, when we come to the Sabbath, we come to Christ. But having said that, we don't throw out the idea of Sabbath and say, well, I can do whatever I want now because I'm not under the law. No, what we learn is that if the Lord rested, we should rest too and we should give him our day. And so as a child growing up, you know, we, we weren't allowed to play sports on Sundays. And when I started to become a young adult and there were jobs, I never looked, I never took a job on a Sunday. And we always give people the freedom about these things. But I personally made it a rule that I won't take I won't take work on a Sunday. Now obviously I do come to church and I preach, 
but I don't think that's work. It's part of my devotion to Christ. And that is part of what it is to, to set aside a day for the Lord. And so it's, it's my joy to still keep the Sabbath, even though we're not keeping it the way that they kept it in the Old Testament under the law in their specific ways. But if you love the Lord and you set aside time and you come to church on Sunday and you found your rest in him, then that's keeping the Sabbath. Finally, one more thought. Moses is finally in the last verse of this chapter coming down the mountain with the Ten Commandments, <laughs> the tablets. And it's all about to get very interesting in the next chapter. And it says that these tablets were written with the finger of God. And um, the finger of God is a symbol of the Holy Spirit. And in the New Testament, the Bible tells, it, tells us that the, the law is written on our hearts. Well, guess who writes that law on our hearts? Holy Spirit. Same same person of the Trinity does the writing. And if you find that you don't care about God, you don't care about his ways, you don't love righteousness, well, what you've got is a problem where the law is not written on your heart and you need to seek him for that. Lord, I ask that the law would be written on our heart. I ask that you would engrave, Lord, your desires so that they become our desires. That The things that you care about are the things that we care about and the things that you hate are also things we hate. Lord, I thank you for your law, and I pray that we would have it on our hearts, uh, Lord, under your new covenant. Holy Spirit, come and dwell with us. And I pray that we would find grace, like Bezalel and Aholiab, to serve you in whatever skills and abilities we have, and let them be anointed of the Holy Spirit, we pray. In Jesus' name.